0: This is the Final Whistle Podcast with the Wrexham AFC media team. Hi everyone, I'm Mark Griffiths. Let's kick off another match day, shall we, with the preview of Wrexham against Eastleigh. Just a reminder of what's coming up today. No live stream, of course, but there will be live commentary from myself, Neil Williams and Shay Long. on Wrexham player, to access Wrexham player, get onto the club website, his live match centre. We have no control of when the link comes up on match center but usually about 20 minutes beforehand there's a little black stripe saying this and live that's what you're after also of course you can follow the game on the match center with a live text commentary and i'll be putting some preview stuff up on that before the match and then after the game keep your eyes on youtube for uh, interviews and reaction we'll put our hot take podcast out on the Wrexham's podcast platform and then later on, I'll be doing the fuller analysis of the final whistle podcast. Highlights will be out on at midnight, Sunday to Monday. Anyway, there's the admin out of the way. I'm going to say, as I'm doing it all now, like, subscribe, etc. Put a beautiful comment. Drive us up those charts so that we are gods. And anyway, let's get on to this match. Wrexham, I don't know if you've noticed, are in quite tasty form at the moment. And, as well as we're aware, I have no new injury issues. They're hoping that Tom O'Connor could be getting back closer to fitness soon as well, which would be great news. As for Eastleigh, well, they're not having a good time with it. Admittedly, they got a really good win last Saturday, away in a the Hampshire Derby against Aldershot Town, but a hell of a weird game. Uh, they took the lead uh, after... Older shots goalkeeper collided with one of his centre backs, and it was thought had badly damaged himself. Poor guy. Uh, they knocked the ball into the net, and the game was held up for a long time before they could move him. He is okay. Um, Eastley got a second, four minutes into added time, and could have got a third. Wait for it. Twenty-one minutes into added time, but poor guy I was used for a long time. And in the second half, older shot Got right on top of them But couldn't make a breakthrough Probably hampered partly by the fact that their sub goalie has had to go off injured as well And they had to put a centre-forward in goal So a very weird win Apart from that, their form has been poor They really have been struggling this season They're one of a group of teams In the sort of bottom end of middle table Who really must be grateful That the bottom three are as bad as they are because they're not in a relegation scrap, which, of course, brings us on to the fact that they may take the approach that Dover and Barnett had of thinking, we've nothing to lose, let's have a go. Maybe emboldened by the fact that they saw Dover score five, or maybe discouraged by the fact that they saw both them and Barnett concede six. I think, personally, having watched them, I think they're more likely to park the bus. They play 4-4-2. And obviously, if you play like that, it's easy to drop those midfield and defence back deep. It also then compensates for the fact that it's easy to find space between the lines against a 4-4-2. And if they come at us, we might outmanoeuvre them. However, they still scope to outmanoeuvre them if they do that. My feeling looking at them is that they they can press in quite a disorganised way. I try to avoid the word press to describe everything because pressing is a very specific thing, I would say, and is a, a, something that is executed as a unit within a team. Eastley more have individual players who suddenly decide to put pr- pressure on the ball. Well, if you shift the ball away from them and around them, that means they'd have to be gap behind them, the four four two. So, yeah, I think they'll be cautious... But I think that they'll leave us opportunities to pass it around. Plus, of course, if they do pass the uh, park the bus, we will be able to get Clouth and Hayden high up in their half. We will be able to get the wing backs very high up in their half. They'll be able to interchange and cause problems. So yeah, I have a similar feeling to what I did before the Barnet came, if I'm perfectly honest with you. As for their personnel, they've got a decent amount of continuity actually. Bad news. Danny Hollins, who's got an unbelievable scream at that <coughs> and off pieces in the playoff, he's still there. Good news, Andrew Boyce, who has a bizarre habit of getting sent off against us, he's played, he's still there. Uh, they have, like I say, just classic 4 4 4 2 rather, set up. 4 4 4 2 might really be a rated part of us. They have Hesketh on the left, who likes to tuck inside, sides like a wide midfielder, and the, the wing back goes beyond him. And then on the other side, Smart is much more of an actual winger, so it's that classic old-fashioned 80s 4-4-2 setup, if you like, where one of them tucks in to make a three, the other one tries to push on and support the strikers, so it almost turns into a bit of a 4-4-2, sorry, a 4-3-3. Barnett up front is a very experienced centre-forward, although it's got to be said that Hayden bullied him when the sides met at the start of the season. player I've always quite liked he's been there like quite a while nice neat tidy midfielder alongside him Silver is much more of a rangey driving forwards tackling a keel right sort of player so yeah they, they they can drop off a bit too deep and I think they may look to drop deep and park the bus a bit like I said uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how easy it is to break them down because with such forward momentum gosh you rather hope that Wrexham have got enough to comfortably win this one. But top ball ain't as easy as that. that as it over? Enjoy the game. Remember, we'll be commentating from about 10 to 3. And I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the final whistle podcast with the Wrexham AFC Media Team.